0: Hi, I'm Will, and I'm Luke, and this is hey, Will and Luke, Luke Discuss, a vodcast and podcast where we discuss content related to psychology, personal growth, self-development, and well-being.
1: This, this episode, we're, we're discussing, discussing 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson, uh, 12 Rules for Life and Antidote to Chaos, and uh, he's actually releasing his next book um, in March next year. Actually, as we'll, we'll have
0: to do that so, one as well then.
1: Have to do that, yeah. Immediately after we've read it, uh, it's actually been a while since I read this book. I remember um, you sending me across some of his videos that you thought I'd find quite interesting. um, Probably maybe around 2018, I think, towards the end of it, and then got really stuck into it. Then eventually bought this book, and uh, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. It's certainly um, one of those books where it's just—I don't know—it's just line after line of just really great inspirational solid advice Mm. about life and how to how to live it and how to conduct yourself and uh, some of the ethics you can live your life by um i'm sure we'll get into it but uh as it explains it's like 12 rules for life and he uh he was a psychology professor and also a um might correct me if i'm wrong he was a, a psychotherapist i believe um yeah yeah.
0: clinical psychologist but
1: clinical psych. yeah
0: no difference don't matter
1: (laughs) and he'd been doing a number of lectures at um, Toronto University and um when he taught in Boston as well and he online had initially written like 48 rules for life and then because he got quite a lot of popularity um in and response to these posts he decided to write a book called 12 rules for life in which he condenses absolutely years and years of knowledge off the back of some other research of
2: books that he's written
0: as well, um, compiled into, yeah, 12 rules to live by. Shall yeah, so it's I've like, certainly got a lot from, yeah. Uh, the publisher approached him, right, and about making a book, and he suggested because of this Cora post was so popular and all these rules for life he'd written, that of, of turning that into, into a book, and as you say, he's like... Um, being a psychology professor and clinical psychologist, he's sort of built all these rules off, yeah, years of research, clinical experience, and odd fascinations into Holocaust and the Soviet Union and
1: the darker sides, of, the, <laughs> the darker <laughs> sides of history. Yeah, um, and I was, uh, i think um, leading leading into this, you know, I was I'd like to make notes on each chapter as I'm rereading this book again. It was actually really, really. Nice to reread the book, Mm. like you know, something that you got so much uh, pleasure and advice and inspiration from. Mm. Like, it's a bit of a game changer for me, this book, if I'm honest. Like, it really got me confronting certain things and thinking about life in a different way. But, um, in terms of going going through it, you know, I've looked like before the podcast, it's got my highlighters out. It's like trying to highlight the, you know, the hits, (laughs) the the, the, good bits. I'm like, right, what's the bit worth talking about? Just like. My whole page is just like pink and orange. I don't know where to start. <laughs> I'm, I'm aware as well, like there's there's 12 rules. We try and keep these within, you know, a yeah. rough time scale. I, I, it's difficult to know where to start, but I'm certainly not short sure of inspiration at all.
0: It's yeah. funny, isn't it? Like if we covered all 12 and we kept within an hour, that's like five minutes a rule between us. Oh, that's two and a half minutes each roughly. It's just not doable, is it? There's, we're we're going to have to... Um, talk about what we liked and miss a load of stuff out and that's got to be okay
1: that's Um, absolutely fine yeah just before
0: we go into some more detail i i I just talking about the thing as a whole i really liked his um like how do i put it he has a sort of no nonsense no sitting on the fence approach to writing (laughs) and which makes it really um um entertaining And makes you want to like keep going. So obviously with a lot of, um, researchers, they're often like, Well, so you know, there are hints that it could be this and then there are arguments for this and and with with it sort of like this is the way it is, like if you like if you don't be like this, you know, your life will mess up in these catastrophic ways. You're like, Oh ah. I will
1: descend into hell and, hell and hell is endless and your life is misery and you know that. And you can be better. And, and it like, was
0: your fault. Yeah. And you could have done something <laughs> about it if you only looked in the mirror and saw the snake that was deep inside you that you stuff down, then you wouldn't be (laughs) lying in a swamp of your own filth, crying for your friends that you used to have that you let go. It's just, it's really hard hitting.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's brutal. Yeah. um, (laughs) It certainly takes like looking into your shadow side. A whole lot deeper, doesn't it? it's just like yeah con- confront the malevolence within you with with truth and bring it forth voluntarily and confront it dive headed like his his use of um mm. his use of metaphor is uh is quite remarkable really and i suppose yeah. some i definitely call it critique or just some opinions on it is that yeah he does base um a lot of his examples in um like christian ethic yeah but he his argument is that um you know, the the Western world, which has kind of been founded on a lot of these principles and these moral virtues, and it's not a bad place to draw um, draw wisdom from. And I, I certainly don't necessarily object to that. I don't find it too um, pseudo-religious, although I can totally understand how it could be perceived as that, albeit he does draw on, like, other traditions, you know, um, Buddhism and Hinduism and other you know Vedic cultures as well yeah
0: I definitely think you can you could approach this completely atheistically and um take all those like stories as he presents them as kind of metaphors for your soul and your life and uh, like allegories you know he could have if he wanted to talked about Star Wars and Superman well he did talk about Superman um (laughs) and uh yeah like you can, it, yeah, I, I agree with you. It doesn't. The religious stories um are presented as stories, as not as true events, they're just presented as ways to, as, as metaphors to look into yourself with. and so yeah, <laughs> I, I agree, no problem with that reading the book.
1: and his um I guess his uh focus is saying that like these are some you know timeless lessons that have been explored throughout culture, and some of them are um, what would you say, sempiternal, they like everlasting. Not yeah, going yeah. And they've been around for a long time um i'm aware that like the more we kind of talk about what this is about we're like taking up time when there's so much to talk about so yeah. i want to dive straight into an example mm. like so rule number two um treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping mm. um i guess this is you know he bases this on the fact that um people tend to treat don't treat themselves as well as they could, and he, he reflects first on an example, saying people treat their pets better than they treat themselves.
2: Yeah,
0: and the, like and, the data um, that people actually do fill out prescriptions for their dogs more accurately than they do <laughs> for themselves, and take like, yeah. give the medicine properly when they'll skip it for themselves.
1: Yeah, and you say, you're saying you know people who are on like dialysis for eight hours a day and stuff like that, they, they could put they could prevent this like really invasive treatment, but they don't. They don't like treat themselves as someone who has mm-hmm. value like we don't value our future selves and we um, we tend not to like keep our promises because we don't see ourselves as, as deserving mm-hmm. of um, help and i suppose just like a quick example to get us going was uh i was at like a work drink the other day and some chick was telling me she had like she's got this like mild asthma chest thing whatever and she was basically saying that like Oh yeah, I didn't get it like scanned at the doctor, even though the doctor told me to go and get a scan. It was going to cost me like a grand to do, so I didn't bother doing it for two years. But then when my dog like had a cough, I went and spent like fifteen hundred dollars to get (laughs) the medicine. And I was like, literally at the same time, I was reading this book. I think he does make a good example that people tend to like look after other people better than they care for themselves. And I think he's just saying, you know. I guess the main crux of this, and I've got a quote here, um, I think it'd be a good place to start, is, you know, take care of yourself, define who you are, refine your personality, choose your destination, and articulate your being. So I think he's, that really summarises what he's saying. It's like, really understand yourself, understand what matters to you, take care of yourself, and define what you mean as a, as a good life, and mm. move towards that, as opposed to kind of passively seeing yourself as something that isn't worthy of investment is
2: yeah, like yeah
0: yeah becoming i um yeah. so there's quite a big let's call it like self compassion movement um, it generally in sort of psychology and the influx of like uh, eastern spirituality in the west and all that um, which this the title of this chapter has that kind of ilk that you know treat yourself as if yeah. you're uh, you're treating it you're, as if you are responsible for um, someone you who you were helping. And, but he doesn't take the sort of do it for your own sake approach either. It's still quite like, like, you'll be useless if you don't look after yourself. And you want, like, you should, it's your almost moral responsibility to be the best thing you can be for society, for your family, for the world. Yeah. So it's still, even though it's like, look after yourself, it's not. It, it's, it's, it's got a hint of, but not for your own sake. <laughs> like, look after yourself because it's better for everyone else. It's a moral virtue to keep yourself well. Um, so, it's a,
1: yeah, so, and it's that it's old kind of premise, like, you know, be... Yeah, if you treat look after yourself, then you can therefore look after you, your family and your friends yeah. and your community, and then you can be a useful person for society. And I think this leads um, a bit onto what his real strong focus on like self responsibility, which is probably why um, I respond so well to this book because a lot of the notions kind of agree with a lot of um, maybe my upbringing or some of my um, some of my beliefs, but certainly like take care of yourself primarily you're like it all starts Mm. with self-responsibility like linking to that other rule he's got you know stop trying to um change the world before your what is that rule called you have to um, set your house
0: in perfect order before you try and change the world
1: (laughs) yeah before you try and change the world before you criticize the world yeah so really just kind of about like if everybody just took themselves um you know Like, seriously, it's someone worth caring for, like, bit by bit. So he reflects saying, like, start with your bedroom. Like, if you can tidy your bedroom and organize that desk that's got all these, like, dragons and monsters and stacks of paper on it, Mm. then you can kind of encroach into the world of someone who's, like, gradually improving and worth being in the world for. And I think that's where those two link quite nicely.
0: Well, strangely, um, we we often talk about what books cross over and I thought about getting things done quite a lot whilst reading this, even though they're completely different. But in, yeah, in like sort out your own house before you criticise the world and with, especially, I think this is my favourite rule, be be precise in your speech. In terms of... um, getting things done it's like define your next actions like actually yes. define the projects you you're doing like when you have commitments decide whether you're actually going to commit to them or not and if not get rid of them like and it is um and choose your highest values what what is your horizon five horizon six actually put give it words and be yes. specific yes. about what you mean and head towards it it's weird that's why you say you know yeah the crossovers. Are, um so different but they kept it kept reminding me of it <laughs>
1: Well, it's interesting. You know, there's some books that kind of deal with maybe like higher order things, like those mm. higher horizons. and there's other things that deal with like the practical elements. I think this book does a really good job of covering both, um, mm. in a way that Tony Robbins probably never could do. But, I, I th- <laughs> like, in,
2: in
0: his in yeah. his defense, I I also yeah. I think with the higher stuff, like with the define your yeah. values, that's where the Tony Robbins probably came into the exactly, as well. yeah, really,
1: yeah, yeah. really got a lot from that. Yeah, I think um, just to like expand on what you were saying, you know. You know, he says, like, define what sec- um, success and failure means to you, mm. and like, y- you have a responsibility to face reality. So, like, clarifying and articulating things make things mm. visible, whereas ignoring them and putting them to the side breeds chaos. And that's something he he touched on a lot in this second chapter. He brings in the the ideas of um chaos and order, which is quite central to of The book like an antidote to chaos. Mm. Know, talk about like chaos being like unexplored territory and then order being like the explored territory the expectations we have the things we know to be true and set in place and mm, he's mm. saying that there's there's meaning to be found on the border between the two yeah, yeah um between order and chaos which um i think finds itself reflected in quite a lot of the books we've read for sure but it's yeah. uh it's certainly an interesting one to think about like what areas of your life are know border into chaos and what ones where there's too much order as well
0: yeah no it's a really i really yeah. like that principle something sort of ingrained in in your mind um yes it's it's very similar to um Vygotsky's zone of proximal development which yeah. y- you may have yeah. covered in some psychology it where it's like you've got your comfort zone which it can be very tempting to just sit in once you found it and you know not not do anything that's uncomfortable or difficult and do what you know, do what you're already skilled at. And -hmm. then there's out into like this way, it's just too, too much for you, too overwhelming. And then there's this border between your comfort zone and what's um, just beyond you right now. And that's, he calls your proximal, your zone of proximal development, which is where you grow as a person. He talked about it mainly with um, developing children, but I think it applies to, learning anything learning about yourself learning about the world and so yeah there's this space that if you voluntarily put yourself just outside your comfort zone that's kind of a place to live that's where you can find meaning that's where you can grow and that principle can be applied to kind of anything um which is why it's helpful
1: yeah and and having like a a stable base in which to go and explore the world from as well <clears throat> like knowing you have you know your um you have structures in place so you can voluntarily go out into the world without it being such a high risk and i think he talks about you know um people who um succeed or you know good things are happening they tend to build quite quite quick, quite quickly what does they say yeah. They ex- exponentially grow?
0: Yeah, like exponential. Ex- yeah
1: exponential growth whereas like when things aren't going well like they can, they can dip really quickly, like your, your fortune can run out a little bit, you know, in those situations. I think it's, it, it kind of encourages a, a momentum of sorts as well, which yeah. I, I related a lot to um, Atomic Habits, you know, um, when he says, um, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not who someone else is today. Yeah. That really linked into, um, you know, getting that 1% better every day. Oh uh, yeah. You know, yeah, like, yeah, And how that how that compounds over time. That that was that was a really key comparison I made. Um I don't know yeah. if you thought about that or
0: um, uh similarly with, but more with six pillars of self-esteem, you know, yes. well well in loads of these rules that kind of triggered for me as well the the um you know firstly actually listening to yourself and then accepting it taking responsibility for it moving it forward yeah it's it's all about treating yourself with respect and like something you're worthy of taking care of mm-hmm. um oh, i was, was going to say something now it's Topic gone
1: habits uh, <laughs> that's okay um yeah again i think uh i mean i, I i'm kind of curious how this is going to sound afterwards because my head is just like why yeah. all these different Sorry. bits and bobs but um yeah i think uh the, the, the big bit of it that stood out for me is, you know, thinking about what, what parts of your belief system or what habits or what things you do kind of need to stop. You know, he talks about um, stop doing the things you know that make you weak or stop saying things that you know not to be true. Yeah. Like that, that, was, um, that was quite a big one to me. To, you know, he says as well, you know, like if you, if you don't reveal yourself honestly to the world, you're not mm. saying or acting in line with your values. You you end up over time not revealing to yourself, mm, and you yeah, can live yeah. out you can live out this life lie, which like really suppresses your potential. So I think um you know the the rule that um, that goes to probably it's hard to say they kind of all overlap a little bit, but like certainly being like precise in your speech. You know, he said that there was he reflects on this bit where there. There's a time in his life where he realized that there was the person saying the words coming out of his mouth and then the mm. person observing it. And he realized that like 90% of what he was saying was just like complete shit <laughs> and not true. He was either saying things to impress people, trying mm. to manipulate the world, presuming that he knows better. So he's going to change the world to his mold. But eventually, over time, that just becomes you end up not really mm. knowing what's true and you mm. don't live authentically and you don't present yourself to, authentically to the world or to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And the the da- the damaging effect of that. So certainly something I got from this was really thinking about like the words that come out of my mouth and being like bold when I have an opinion or just e- expressing myself honestly and not trying to please or try and say the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and certainly drew some parallels to Sam Harris's lying here. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, definitely. Yeah.
0: So yeah, there's a, there's a case for when, when you act and speak, uh, to make yourself look good in a crowd to, to win, to, um, you know, get someone to fancy you to, to impress people when you hide bits of yourself for the same reasons. He's saying that that has a, that has an effect inside you, you know, in your soul, for want of a better phrase, to, that weakens your character, right? Because you're, yeah, you're. It's. Um, I've been reading a lot of Carl Rogers lately, and it's really. He talks about him a bit in the book, but it's really in line with that, you know, that we have this true organismic meaning that's authentic to our being, and then we have this little image of ourself and our mind, which is just basically what other people have thrown at us in childhood and what how we feel like we should act in society and um you know uh, meeting other people's expectations being nice, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. and that yeah, this reminded me of that that if we actually listen to our true nature, our organismic self when when we know that might be a bit counter to other people 's expectations or it mm-hmm. could um might upset people you, you, it's like that's still worth pursuing that more difficult path for your own um integrity i guess mm.
1: and there's some there's some you know c- coherence to aim for you know mm. between your like your authentic self and the one that's kind of reflected back to you in the world i know we talked about this before about you know kind of the, the ultimate aim of being able to kind of be your authentic self in all situations without Mm. any filtering or without any um, adjusting of the words you say or how you act and Mm. basically having people see you in the way that you're actually putting yourself out there in the Mm. world. And I think what stood out here for me is that like the more we go against what we really believe or we agree with things we don't agree with or we say things we know not to be true or we try and manipulate the world or you know, um, change things for our benefit we kind of deny reality and mm. we things just get so incoherent and we don't i think what he's saying is you know that if the world's kind of confusing enough as it is yeah you know we, we we take aim and we see things as tools in relation to their utility and if that becomes murky if the water becomes um cloudy we can't see through we can't work out what's what and we become confused we become mm. bitter and we become malevolent and then we just end up not living our authentic life and not living out our potential or even to any sort of capacity that we could so it's uh there's some huge consequences to it but it really gets you thinking about you know the day-to-day details of like oh what did i do today just to kind of agree with someone or Mm -hmm. what did i say that was uh not not what i really meant Mm. or trying to bend reality and i think that's that's a huge that definitely stood out to me that rule um yeah uh, rule number eight tell the truth or at least don't lie. Yeah. And certainly that like ongoing long-term weakening of character that happens when you just don't tell the truth or you don't live out the truth. You yeah. what, like your inner values and preferences, are, I suppose. Yeah.
0: And I, I think one of uh, the consequences he kind of alludes to is, you know, when you're in a situation and you, you kind of know, you've got a sort of, you're, you're still on that, um, fringe of awareness you kind of know you're saying something just to meet someone's expectations or to um to smooth things over or or you're hiding you're sweeping something under the rug because you don't want to look at it Mm. that's still in a position of i could do otherwise i could be a bit braver here but if if you keep doing that then you might muddy the water so much not just to the world but to yourself that you then you lose track of where even you are anymore and like that will that little glimpse you have of knowing that little bit of conscience you have of, ah, oh, I really shouldn't say this or oh, I should probably have yeah. this conversation. Like the, the, if you keep avoiding that, it will turn from suppression to repression. And sooner or later you won't have that glimpse anymore. And you won't even have the choice anymore to bring up that mm-hmm. conversation. Cause it's just like, you've trained that muscle too hard and, and now it's just automatic.
1: It's a great way of putting it, like you're training that muscle too hard. I think uh, that relates, there's a bit sticking out there for me, like in Atomic Habits that we are, yeah. um, you know, what's he say? Like we, our, our actions like reflect our values, you know? Um, right, sorry, Sorry, right, right. and our um, attitude is, um, attitude basically like represents our beliefs as well. So if we don't like pay attention and we don't yeah. kind of, clarify what what means what, then yeah, we do end up in that situation where nothing means anything and we're just kind of not living authentically. Um I really want to um just pinpoint something here that I think is really interesting is that you said like sweeping under the carpet. It's funny because I looked across at my little notepad I've got up here and I literally wrote sweep under the carpet. Yeah. Feeds the dragon. And he uh, tells I- us Oh you're yeah, gonna yeah do it. you do it. <laughs> no, 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 you, you don't. I honestly think it. I loved it. You, it, that... you sent me, you, you sent me a video um as well about this too. So I think um, oh, maybe I? you can give like the little anecdote, and I can draw a, a comparison I've had with a um, another learning.
0: Yeah, it's he tells this story, um short story written by someone, and it's like. A little boy is on his bed and there's a dragon there, <laughs> about the size of a cat. And he tells his mom, Oh Mom, there's there's a dragon in the house. And she's like, Don't be silly, Billy, there's no such thing as dragons. And the dragon gets a little bit bigger. And then uh, he's like, Mom, there's a dragon in the house. It's growing. Don't be don't be silly, Billy. There's no such thing as gr- dragons. And this thing just keeps growing and growing till it's taking up the whole size of the house. And you know, soon mom is like sweeping around it, having to climb out the windows to get to the other rooms. (laughs) And and he's like, (laughs) mum, the dragon's filling the whole house. He's like, don't be silly. There's no such thing as dragons. The dragon walks off of the house. The dad comes home. The house is missing. He asks the mailman. He's like, oh yeah, your house went off down the road. The the husband sort of climbs through the window. And, uh, and, um, he's like, why is the house over here? And Billy's like, well, there's a (laughs) massive dragon in the house. And, um, and he's like, I think the dra- you know the dragon just wants some attention or something like that. And finally, the mum caves and like, oh, maybe there's a dragon in the house. And eventually, the dragon shrinks back down to the size of a, size of a cat. And the kind of principle, I guess, of that is that if you ignore small issues small conflict little things that bug you especially in very long-term relationships they're just going to yes. grow and grow and grow yes. and grow yeah. until you can't ignore them anymore and it's yeah i i laugh so much reading that
2: story
1: yeah it's good and i i um, i enjoyed the uh, the video you sent me as well which was kind of him running through that story maybe in a bit more length and i think uh it's, it certainly relates to you, you know like confronting things voluntarily that um scare you that are um that are difficult and um you know i always like the analogy of you know like a, a monster in the in like the light isn't as scary as in the dark mm. you know that's quite a, a nice one and um i think so, a, a comparison i just want to draw here before maybe we um kind of go into a bit deeper is that I, I went to a russell brand show um that uh, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of i told you remember i uh, i asked him a question yeah. asking about um You know, when we're about to do something um, we know not to be good for us, when we're about to kind of, you know, do something that internally we disagree with, that we're we're torn between, but we know it's probably not the right decision. Mm. What is it we need to say to ourselves in that moment um, to course correct? When you're at that fork in the road, which way do we go? And his answer was like, the fork in the road is a lot sooner than you think it is. And that made me really think of this story that like there were plenty of opportunities Mm -hmm. where the mum could have acknowledged the dragon, seen it for what it is, faced it head on, tackled it, confronted Mm -hmm. chaos, which is the dragon, with truth, which is order. She -hmm. could have brought that into being and instead she's kind of let it slide and what's happened, happened. But what I'm really focused on here is that like in that, the fork in the road is every decision we make to ignore or confront what we believe to be true and even if we're wrong in any sense like we learn from that and we we grow from deciding what's important to us and kind of without being able to specify the problem Mm. you can't fix the problem so like by confronting things by saying what we mean by speaking our truth we're like preparing for the the misery and the sadness and the pain and the the failure to come because we strengthen our resolve Mm. by speaking out. Whereas when, when really tough times come, if we haven't prepared ourselves or we've Mm. been making choices that we've gone against, we weaken ourselves and we're we're not ready to, you know, misery ensues, as he would say, malevolence dominates. Uh, We're Mm. thrown into, into the underworld of chaos where things are out of control and we we can't afford to be there because our lives are, miserable enough in his words so it's hard, it's hard not to get on a, a full rant about it but that, that's kind of my key reflection um, yeah. that i've probably expanded beyond what my original point was but basically i know it's good he gives yeah. a few good examples as <laughs> yeah. well like he yeah
0: so one i can't remember which one it is now but some um mm-hmm. you know some flood uh maybe it was the result of some hurricane or something that, that was seen no, as a New Orleans, right. It was seen as a natural disaster. But if you actually look into it, the the flood defences were supposed to have been fortified years before and they were off schedule and the money had gone somewhere else. And actually, if the flood defences had been... fortified in the way that they had originally been planned to it wouldn't have been such a disaster so it's like you can just say well it's an act of god it was a horrible unfortunate thing to happen or you can look at yourself or society and be like well where did we go ro- like what was our responsibility in this what was our role yes. he even talks about um victor frankl in uh, talking about the holocaust and alexander solzhenitsyn talking about the um soviet union where they both reflect that it was it totalitarian societies can 't arise unless you 've got many many individuals willing not to say anything when they internally mm. disagree and willing to avoid yeah. constantly um, and so I mean he makes the case that at the individual level that 's how totalitarianism can actually arise because if we don 't stand up and Say I disagree with this, or this is wrong, and but we just let little things slide bit by bit. That's how these things can escalate.
1: That's how the Gulags happen Yeah, and I think was, was it him who said the what's it the the line between good and evil runs through every human heart. Mm. Yeah, so kind of like really putting on the on the individual there that like it is it does come down to us, and we we are important. Like those small decisions on an individual level do make a huge difference. You know, and kind of um. It impacts greatly, like, the people around us.
0: Yeah, even just on a practical basis, like, even if, you know, you're in a horrible situation and 99% of it was bad luck, which is probably, uh, you know, can happen, you can still only do something about the 1% that is in your control. Mm. Um, It reminded me of something he said a rule him and his wife have, where if they get into too heated an argument, they... um, they decide to go to separate rooms and both think about how they've contributed to this argument, yes. state it and apologize yeah. for it. Um, it's sort of like, yeah, I mean, the the whole book can be s- summed up as take grabbing as much responsibility for things as you can possibly hold. Yeah. But um, there's a, a lot to be said for rule. it. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 I think um, just to expand a bit on that, you know, he's got this self-authoring program Um which uh, I've completed, I know you've completed it, gets you to, um, I guess I could try and explain the whole thing, but I'm just trying to do it as short as I can, like gets you to look at your past and split your life into epochs and key events. And in each key event, he asks you to look at, you know, what happened, what things were out of my control, what can I help, but what did I, how did I contribute to the mm. situation? What did I bring? And then if this was to happen again, what would I do differently? And I found that really, really useful to go through because often um, <clears throat> often we can uh, go, go, go through life kind of thinking that it's uh, everyone else's fault and that we're correct and our way of seeing things is the only way and we kind of, it can be easy to um, play, play victim or right. um, feel like nothing was in your control in any situation.
0: Right, um, right, right.
1: But actually, like, in, you know, most situations, there is a role that we have to play. And I found that particularly mm-hmm. uh, particularly confronting, especially the things that I um, I felt quite comfortable feeling like I was right about. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. it's kind of like the one thing. If something bad happens, you kind of want to hold on to the thing that you know to be true. And it kind of really throws apart your worldview And you go, actually, was that my fault?
0: Yeah, you, you literally know? have you to back, change yourself. Like,
1: yeah, and he said, you know, he says that in... Um, In chapter 7 pursue what's meaningful not what's expedient you know like you might have to give up what's most valuable and that Mm. could be your that that could be a certain attitude a certain belief and he says you know if the world isn't presenting itself to you in the way you want if things aren't going your way maybe you need to confront your values maybe you need to change your values because Mm. they might not be sufficient at the moment they might be holding you back and really taking responsibility looking into like the specific actions you took that led to what happened or contributed yeah. to what happened, actually get you thinking like, okay, how else does my attitude to my actions, to my words affect all these different areas of my life? And in mm-hmm. doing that, I, I suppose you're, you're bringing about an awareness that can lead to change, which is um, quite an empowering thing, but it requires yeah. you to take on a lot of responsibility and uh, shoulder, shoulder your burden to the world.
0: And that's so difficult, especially yeah. if someone else in, if it is an argument, really has done something wrong too. Like, you know, someone, yeah. uh, he gives a couple of examples, let's say of someone cheating on someone. And obviously, I mean, in that uh, in that very low resolution, easy story of there was a couple, one partner cheated on the other, there was an argument. It's, it sounds yeah. like, well, the person did the cheating, they were wrong. And it's probably true. but when he digs into these stories, it's like, well, you know, there could be all sorts of reasons and, and manipulations and, you know, perhaps withholding of sex or um, to like punish and like keeping things to yourself when you could have said them sooner that, you know, even the person who genuinely could be seen as a victim in a situation can probably always still find something they've contributed something. that has made it happen yeah. and it's very tempting not to do that because we like to maintain our worldview as you say or our picture of ourselves, and stay in that comfort zone where it's actually to risk changing that is is dangerous for well, it feels threatening so it's we never want to do it but in the long run it's better um to see reality for what it is rather than to live in your own delusion, however safe it feels Mm -hmm. at the moment. So it will hit you eventually.
1: It's really, really like bloody inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a a game changer. I think, um, certainly that point in my life, I went and did that self-authoring program where, you know, look at your past, present, um, Know, your strengths, your flaws, like how you can prove them. It's re- it's really quite confronting, but I found it quite a uh, a positive exercise. Like I said, you mm. got a lot a lot from it as well. Um something I was uh something I was looking at um just on my list here was um the rule twelve which is like pet a cat when you encounter one on the street and I think yeah. it uh as much as like kind of what we've said is kind of coming across as quite um quite an instructive and confronting and Do this, do that, don't do that, don't lie, don't, you know, lots of do's and don'ts um, down the line. Like, I think this chapter 12 is a bit of a a gentler chapter where he brings in, um, you know, one of the elements of the step. So, if we went through the step saying, like, live in truth, act towards well defined ends, have your motives clear. And then the fourth one he says is, "Allow, allow the world and spirit to unfold whilst you articulate the truth. Now, Rule 12 is saying, you, you know, like we, we should pay attention to beauty. We should allow the world to unfold a bit. So, kind of letting go of a bit of control. Like, there can be issues with too much order. If we're, if we're too on top of ourselves, we're too strict. We don't allow for like the natural beauty of the world to appear. And I guess the bit that really stood out for me is that, um, you know, being um, requires us to, to become. Like it, mm-hmm. it is becoming so through growth, through seeing new challenges, through allowing things to kind of develop organically, that's how that's how we are, that's how we grow, that's how mm-hmm. we that that's where meaning is found. So I think um, you know, a couple of bits that stand out here is you know, not taking opportunities or moments for granted, like really just, you know, that the then the chapter is like if you see a cat on the street and it comes up to you like, enjoy that moment. If you see a child playing on the street, you know, enjoy that smile. Mm. Like, and I think it's something that can get like missed out a lot in quite Mm. a individualistic, self-determined, overly self-reliant culture is that we can um, sometimes forget those moments. And uh, Mm. yeah, that that struck me quite hard. A lot of it comes, comes like towards, towards the end. But uh, I suppose it kind of, yeah, it kind of wraps up the whole, like, aim for paradise, focus on today, but, like, allow things to unfold because mm. you're not the, the master controller of your life.
0: Right. Uh, so, yeah, the two, yeah, two messages yeah. I took from that chapter was, like, mm-hmm. enjoy things when enjoyment comes your way. Like, be in that moment with that pleasure. Yeah. And also, like, um, tailor your time frame to the severity of the situation so if the going is good if no one around you is ill if you're earning some money if you're healthy then you can plan like look at your values like pursue big goals look at towards your future but if yeah. if you're sick if someone close to you's got sick if you just lost your job if um you're being evicted you, you know you can hone that time frame right down to the day you're in and don't you don't have don't think too much about the catastrophic Consequences yeah, of next yeah, week yeah. because now you be just there. need to solve yeah. the problems that are here, and you can sort of tailor your time frame to to be most helpful for your present circumstances.
1: Yes, I, I think something um, of not that he says, you know, set set aside times for problem solving as well. Oh, yeah. Like when he says, you know, we can be at risk of um, you know over overthinking things. Sometimes we, we've got this like internal critic, which uh, you know tells us that like we're not good enough, and he says you know like standards are necessary it is important to have goals and know what's better and what's not, and you know that there is like hierarchies and things and you know what is your like your obligations are related to kind of what's important to you so it's important that you take aim on what's important, but whilst at the same time you know when when you do have like negative self talk you or you know the voice isn't as helpful, you can choose to kind of put that aside or confront that voluntarily at a particular point in time. And I think that's why I slightly got onto the, the getting things done train. You were talking about that, you know, set times to solve a problem. Like if mm-hmm. something's not going well or you need to confront something, look at it. So in my diary, I've got a section which is like write about, like write um, yeah. about. And it's kind of things that pop up that I feel like I need to kind of, dig into or explore a little bit. I'm okay. Why, why am I like this? Write mm. about why I'm reacting to this person like this, as opposed to kind of carrying around an endless question or an endless struggle. Mm. Whereas if I've kind of set that time aside to confront certain mm. things, you know, with, um, you know, like yearly reviews or with the self-authoring program, I added new events that have happened in the last year that I need to learn from. But, um, so like it takes it out of that, um, place in my mind where there's that like unclosed loop
2: mm, I can, yeah i yeah.
1: need to confront something quite heavy here but also i've got to go to work today and like sit down with someone and yeah. hear their hear their issues like now's be, not the
0: time but yeah can't
1: be worried about my own constantly yeah, yeah. um so i, I stick a, a pin go. in
0: it i define it but i can plan for another yeah. day and trust myself that i will rather than be like ah, oh, think about it some other time
1: i thought you'd i thought you'd um relate to that in particular just when
0: everything's done yeah yeah you um, um rem- you reminded me of something yeah. a moment ago <clears throat> talking about like enjoying the small moments you, you uh you, you shared with me the other day that uh you were walking through town or something and you saw these like homeless people drunkenly kicking a football over a tram track.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it was like, so good.
0: And it might be a situation where uh you know by default if you're you know in a rush or something or perhaps in your um you know you're not in the best frame of mind you might be sort of reflexively judgmental of that like get off the train track stop drinking so much like that sort of thing. yeah, yeah But you can actually yeah. learn to just take a step back and although that it there are so many snakes and dragons in that situation, but there's still an absurd element of comedy to it.
2: (laughs) And like, you
0: can still like see moments like that and be like, you know, that in this moment in time, that group of people, they're enjoying themselves, like whatever, on of their life. There's, yeah, a smile, yeah, yeah. there's a smile on their faces and that is a quite a funny thing to behold and like you can just take yeah, the yeah. warmness that is in that situation and enjoy that yeah. for what it
2: is i thought that was quite precious
1: yeah yeah it, it was and i think um i i'm really valuing right now that i'm picturing you picturing that situation i feel like we've got the same image in our heads <laughs> I, I don't know i like i you get it. It's just, like, hilarious. Like, all that shit was everywhere, like, they're, avid, <laughs> right, of, like, <laughs> they're having a really good time and it's, like, half six in the morning. So, <laughs> yeah, um, but, yeah certainly, you know, he does reflect on, um, like, humour as, as a strength as well. You know, he talks about the um, situation where, um, you know, his friend... Uh, I think it was another friend's friend was going through like a really tragic time with like a cancer diagnosis and then booked flights to go and see them. And he kind of made this ridiculous, like absurd joke that mm. like his flight wasn't refundable and that was more important than whatever was going on with those two. And it's, uh, it was kind of a, he said it was like a, a, a sign of respect. They could handle such a, such a joke, you know, that, that they could, um, that they could see his intention behind it was mm. to kind of, bring some humor to the situation i've certainly found as i've become um i guess a bit more like yeah learning a bit more about myself and my reactions and um where possibly like i fall short in terms of uh things that previously like annoyed me i'm actually finding a lot more humor in them now like instead of you know slowly but surely like i'm able to kind of like Laugh about how slow someone's walking instead of very, very <laughs> infuriated. Like. So um, I, I suppose there is some. Um, I'm, not, I'm not quite sure which rule this relates to. Maybe it's the last one. Just kind of just trying to. As much as this is all quite serious, as you say, like when when things are going well, or you know, you can't, you don't have to criticize the world <laughs> constantly. It's not healthy for us, and I think that's a. It's probably a sign that um, bitterness is taking over if you're starting to get a bit irritable at things that don't necessarily affect you or mm. uh, don't concern you so i think that's probably my my barometer of when i probably need to get back on get back into like writing a bit more or just like analyzing myself a bit when i'm starting to get infuriated by things that just aren't
0: important right so if you're kind of judging yeah. things that are completely outside your control and it's <laughs> Happing you up a bit, that might be a sign to sort of be aware of that. Take a step back and look at yourself rather than the world.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's that's standout rule, isn't it? Like, I think uh, it's uh, it's one that he, he emphasises quite a lot in a lot of his lectures. And, um, yeah, pro- probably worth mentioning as well. You know, like I've uh, I went and saw him live actually, which is quite an interesting thing. Um, yeah, he, he certainly had like a lot of criticism over the over the years um, for some of his opinions on some matters that, like, I'm sure we could get into, but they're not necessarily related to self-development. But uh, he's got some opinions on dominance hierarchies and uh, male and female, <laughs> like, biological... Um, I don't know what you call it. Um, I don't know. What do you call it? Like, n- the nature of men and women and their differences. Yeah, biological yeah. differences, yeah. yeah. But... um but, uh, you know, at, at, it's kind of like, I feel like that's all separate to like this stuff he's doing here. Now I can kind of like put that aside as a separate mm. like issue and like really focus on his like, um, you know, his, his like real passion. You know, like when, when you see him, he's like, he's crying on stage, like t- telling this story about like how um, people just need so little encouragement. Like mm. sometimes people people just don't know like how amazing they could be if they just like put themselves in just got some order and structure in their lives and like were disciplined and like took themselves seriously and cared mm. for themselves as if someone was important and you know made like had an aim and went for it and you know mm. course corrected along the way and there's you know there's, there's like a lot of power in that he says you know like there's you know there's a lot of darkness in this but there's like a lot of light too and you know like the light shines brightest in in the darkest places and like the gold is to be found in the the belly of the dragon so mm. you know take your sword and, go and Slay that dragon and, you know, face your darkness, understand yourself, set goals, like Mm. aim for the highest good, like aim for paradise, but focus on today. You know, and it's like when you're hearing that and you're in a room of people and the room is just like silent, but in a Mm. way that's just like, this is, this is the real deal. Like this is really tapping into like who we are at our core. (laughs) It's like, do not shy away from anything <laughs> but face things
0: I, head on I don't know why I, I just had the image of like <laughs> like you're having a bit of a bad football match it gets to half time and someone just gives the best pep talk about like, <laughs> come on we can do this and like yeah. it, it just yeah it is the whole book reads a bit like a a, a big pep talk for just sorting yourself out
1: <laughs> yeah it's it's it's, it's really really bloody inspiring and I think you can probably tell by the energy and the way we're talking about this conversation I feel like how much we've gotten into this um into this time we've been talking about. Like, there's a lot of like <laughs> big principles but I suppose I just wanted to one one slash two kind of key takeaways was just like that like I can be like so much better as well like that I, I don't I'm stronger than I know. There's so much more to me than I currently am. Mm. And like the way of like bringing that to being is by like confronting chaos, the chaos of the world with, with truth and strength and stand toward my shoulders back, face things head on. Like, just, you know just i think just, you know, can, can yeah. i
0: jump in there and i think Please, that's a really yeah. good point to put in the rule of comparing yourself to who you were yesterday rather than who someone yes. else is in yes is today yeah. because when you say that i can be so much better you can take that as um encouragement and optimism or you yes. could uh, but you know i hear a lot of people you know especially in my clinical practice beating themselves up for not being good enough right and that's not usually productive although there's usually some function to it um and a way we can do that beat ourselves up in a non-productive way is by comparing ourselves to other people you know people i i I definitely fall into this trap a lot Uh, you know seeing someone similar age who's seemingly doing something much more um impressive and he talked about someone who's uh I think this is in a video I saw, whose roommate was Elon Musk, and he was like beating himself up for, you know, not start <laughs> not starting as many companies, <laughs> and um, so you, so you can still take the message of the potential you have within you to 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 grow and to um, to change yourself as you listen and stand up and tell the truth, but without necessarily beating yourself up for presently not being all you can be. Either,
1: and also, yeah. I'm um, just to add to that. You know, saying that we we don't necessarily have to be um, smashing it 100 across all domains as yeah. well. Like he says, you know, there could be like the millionaire footballer, but then uh, his marriage is falling apart. But then right. your marriage oh, yeah. is absolutely fine, and you're not a footballer or something. And also yeah. saying that, like, um, kind of relating to that uh, final rule as well, that like our limitations are what make us so great.
2: Yeah. It's
1: the fact that we we have things to improve on and we have things to, to grow and ways to expand ourselves that makes us so interesting. And like kind of going back to, you know, when he, he said like Superman became like a really difficult character for, I'm um, going kind to of Marvel or DC, I don't know, like for the, the makers. DC is be-
0: Superman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Look, <I'm useful. laughs> Someone will be out there to so correct me and it's you. Um, but yeah, like saying like once, if you were just like amazing at everything, and you were just like totally protected and you could have no harm done to you and you were just like the best, then you wouldn't be like mm. interested. There'd be nothing great about you. you
0: know? Right, so, so Superman kind of became thing. boring when he could just like survive atomic bombs and throw planets around. It's like yeah, it so then no they challenge now. It's, it's not relatable anymore.
1: Yeah, so that's why they introduced like Kryptonite, that he, he has a weakness. and mm. It's how he overcomes that weakness that makes him so... Mm so great and i think yeah just back to like the d- the domain thing though it's like we don't when you compare yourself to others you're comparing them across a domain that you you don't even it's not like an even playing field like people yeah. are from different backgrounds you had different opportunities um yeah a lot of yeah. like what comes to in your life you know he he kind of debunks the whole sense of the uh, the self-made man and i know sam harris is quite keen on that as well in the sense mm. of the, is articulation around like free will—that like we don't choose, like we don't choose our parents, we don't choose the opportunities mm. that like come to us necessarily.
0: Yeah, the countries <laughs> we're born into, the, the languages we grow up with, the education we yeah. have, like so, or uh, well, even you know our potential in terms of height and you know debatably IQ. There's a, it's it's like we just are who we are with the cards we're dealt to some degree. And so it the, yeah. the, the gets to a point where it's it's just not fair to compare yourself to someone else. No, like no one has your new, unique situation, and yes. so it makes much more sense just to compare yourself to yourself. You know, where were you at yesterday? Where mm. were you at last year? And use that as a barometer to guide yourself, rather than you know anyone anyone who and like you say about these domains, who you might compare yourself with someone. Because they have more money than you, and then you just feel worse because you've you've diminished your entire being down to this one quantity, and not even looked at all the other aspects of life. Maybe yeah. you're a bit fitter than they are. Maybe you know, your yeah. your friendships are deeper. Like it could be, there could be so many dimensions on which you're ignoring by doing that. So it can just not be helpful.
1: Yeah, it's just not like fair on your, yourself, is it? it's kind. Of, there's something what it's like to be authentically us like although um you know there's like a, a psychological continuity that we carry with us through life and there's something what it's like to be to be will what it's like to be luke and we, we can't be anybody else and i guess what he's saying is you know set set things on your term define what success would mean to you be specific mm. in that because if you compare some other domains you're, you're destined to fail i suppose mm. and, um, i think something um I guess just touching on it, or just, um, I suppose we're beginning beginning to wrap up. Is you know he's saying you know as as much as this around setting clear goals, intentions defined, um, defined processes in which to get there. It's also about looking at like the life you don't want. Like if I continue to mm. do the things that I know not to be good for me, if I continue to not speak the truth, where will my life end up? Mm. Because um, and that's a part of the self-authoring he does. You know, like I remember looking at my life like if I you know, set these goals and uh, push myself, like here's where I could be in three yeah. to five years' time. But then also like reading my, like what my life will be like in five years' time if I continue to do the things that are not good for me. Like yeah, it was yeah. pretty... It's pretty grim reading. I remember you telling me the same thing. You're like, oh, you wouldn't want to read that, mate. It's pretty grim.
0: <laughs> and it's not just <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not just generic either, is it? It's not like, well, I could become homeless or lose my job. But like you know, you could say that this could happen to anyone. Everyone around me could die. It's no, no, specific to the your own personal weaknesses, how could they particularly deteriorate for you? <laughs> and so like you're yeah. you're plotting your your unique path into destruction, rather than a sort of generic, like, oh well, people could die, I could lose my job, I might get sick. It's like, no, if I continue to um, avoid this conversation with my girlfriend, if I continue to keep eating this pizza, if I continue to keep spending this money frivolously, like in the ways that I do, it's very specific. To choose to short term,
1: yeah, mm. and to choose like short term pleasure over like delayed gratification. Mm. Um, and that's something he talks about in the road less traveled as one of the, uh, um, you know, key aspects of our uh, living a good life, mm. you know, and um, be, be able to kind of like we we understood, you know, over time historically that like if we save some mammoth for dinner for tomorrow, then we won't go hungry tomorrow. Like there's a yeah. there's some sort that of, there's a strength in in that as well. And, like working out what is the What are like the shortcuts that you're taking? What are the easy options you're doing just for short-term pleasure instead Mm. of long-term goals and like learning the trade-off between the two? Um, Yeah, so I I guess like one final thing I wanted to get in was just Mm. like my final reflection. I think it it kind of relates a bit to what we just spoke about, but I wrote here, um, if I don't confront myself, I'm living at 60% of my capacity and the days, weeks and months will go by. So I guess I guess it's just kind of like a call to action to, yeah. um, max maximize my potential with um, kind of what you were saying as well. Not a uh, a self uh, critical view, but yeah. also kind of use that as some encouragement. Like, you know, you, you know the days where you like you kind of expand yourself and you grow and you've you've like stepped into chaos and you kind of like you're another step forward and you're like this is. This is new. This is exciting. I'm learning. I'm pushing myself. Like my skill set is widening. Mm. That's. I, I guess I just kind of want to feel that. Feel that more. That's inspiring. Much, and it's a really hard, hard balance
0: yeah. with also not comparing yourself to others and beating yourself up. Like, see, to to balance wanting to change or because inherently is an acceptance that i could be more and then then comes in the risk for beating yourself up so so it's a real balance between enjoying the process of becoming growth and becoming pushing yourself yeah. further whilst not uh y- y- you know rushing it or or beating yourself up for not being further along either it's it's really tricky
1: i think that's uh i think that kind of summarizes you know the the two um two ends of the spectrum, he's constantly yeah. carrying throughout this book, you know, chaos, order, um, you know, growth, love of the moment and presence, acceptance versus um, striving. You know, there's a lot of, uh, yeah, a lot of, I don't, they're not even parallels, are they? They're opposites. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh. There's two... We're so not clashing, we're matching. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um, roughly put, uh, without really thinking, just sort of spontaneously re- wrote down the rules in the order, which meant the most to me. And there's probably a couple which are fairly high up, we've not touched on, and I think they probably um, gel quite well together. So one Please, was, yeah, yeah. One was um, assume the person... You're uh, listening to has something worth knowing, something or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Um, something, know something yeah. you don't. And the other was like, make friends with people who want the best for you.
2: Yeah. And so, oh, yeah. yeah. So
0: that combination of, um c- yeah, because life isn't a solitary adventure. And that combination of wrapping yourself in, pe- in people who do want the best for you, but that aren't just going to, be nice and agree with everything you say or tell you it's not your fault whenever anything, everything goes wrong and just never question or, or, or criticize you either. There's a balance between, um, you know, cause if I want, if I really wanted the best for you, I, I wouldn't say it's okay for you to be, you know, drinking 14 beers a day or something like yeah. I, I wouldn't just let that happen to be nice because as Marshall Rosenberg would say, that's not being nice. That's, it's just hiding yourself and being sort of a nice dead person. Mm -hmm. Um, so this balance between finding people who want good things for you, but who, uh, who, um, but then also accepting and listening to things that are difficult to hear, like criticisms or or worldviews, which are very different from yours being willing to think that There might be something in that worth listening to.
1: Yeah. And it makes me think a bit about the chapter on love in, um, the road less traveled, like mm. invested in the other's growth. Like that's one definition of love, isn't it? So, you know, if you kind of translate that to a, to a friendship, especially a, a, a deeper friendship where you're truly invested in the other's growth, you won't, um, yeah, there's certain levels of behavior that you would, uh, you would expect to be confronted on by a friend who who loved mm, you. Yeah. Or by yeah. a partner who loved you, you know. And who, um they like they know that you deserve the best and mm. they are aware of how amazing you could be and what you could become. So mm. they're not going to allow you to kind of uh take the easy option out and just kind of get away with things or take mm. that shortcut or yeah, you know, not not accept responsibility. I guess it's kind of a ensure like an a accountability partner, someone who ensures that you're facing the world head on, and like when things fall into chaos, they're there to support you, but also uh, they're not gonna um, totally allow you to play the victim in yeah. all situations. Like they encourage you to, yeah, face things head on, take full responsibility, and uh, yeah.
0: And the Yeah, so so there you can be, you know, you can train that self-awareness and that's kind of where this resonated with that um happiness trap as well, a bit building that observing self to actually be able mm. to be like, I think I'm hiding myself here to make myself feel more comfortable or to meet others' expectations. You can have that yourself, but then you can have people in your life that are also a bit of objective awareness for you. Where you might be a bit mm. blind to yourself.
1: Yeah, they they kind of like see your behaviours and mm. what's. Yeah, yeah, accountability. I, I saw um in that same chapter there was a, a nice bit on um he talks about people who like grew up in small towns and uh, he compared you know some of his friends who like moved into the big city and like one of them was just like a complete stone of bum mm. in his words and then the other one um actually. And then he like compared himself to that person. He's like, how much of it was that person's responsibility? But uh, mm. I suppose the the bit that stood out to me was that like new beginnings in new places, like force you to confront reality and who you are. And it kind of made me think a bit about the four-hour work week, what he says yeah. about when you go to, yeah, yeah. funny comparison. Like when you go to a new place, you, you experience things in a new way. So, you know, even I found like after having a two and a half week leave I've just been on like a nice road trip and like met some awesome people like in Sydney and just had like the best time and like coming back to Melbourne like I feel like my my mind is shaped in a new way like I've been challenged in different ways like I've accepted things I've let go of other things and it's I, it was just nice and encouraging to know that like um, in accepting new challenges and doing new things like that mm. encourages Growth. If you face it like voluntarily, if you whether it's exploring, starting a new challenging job, or a new mm. aspect of your job, I know you've just started doing some um, recent supervision sessions. That was something you were kind of wanting to do, but now you're doing it. Like that. there's learning and growth to be had in new experiences, new encounters, yeah, new, new adventures. And I think that was a uh, that's something I, I suppose I liked hearing because that's something yeah. I, I, I crave. It was good to know. Yeah, he, he supports the. Uh, he supports. I don't know. One of my hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nah, hobbies. Nah nah, nah, nah. One of them. Um, yeah, I guess the way I like to live my life. I like to try yeah. and, much as possible, do like the difficult thing or do something yeah. that's kind of out there
0: or put yourself in difficult um, situations.
1: Test. Yeah, it's challenging. Yeah, and it's kind of nice to know that that's um that's been advocated for by someone who studied this. Yeah. For a long, long time.
2: Yeah. yeah.
0: I just want to fill in the other side of the um spectrum of this um making friends with people who want the best for you thing. It reminds me of um in Goodwill Hunting. He you know, he's like this Matt Damon character is this like genius um laborer and he's trying to like make excuses for staying there as a laborer and the uh, Ben Affleck character is is like Mate, if you're still here in five years, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Like, get the the hell out! Like, you've been blessed with something, and it 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 makes a mockery of us if you stay here laying bricks with what you have. Like, and there are, you know, there are there are some people who would be the opposite, right? Who who want to. Who who would rather you conform to their wishes than you grow more than you could be you know who the 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 person who's trying to quit drinking whose alcoholic friend tries to push more booze on them for example you, you know the 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 person who wants you to um number of things do drugs with them or whatever the person who wants you to conform to their wishes to make them feel more comfortable because if you did try and grow that would threaten them in some way that's kind of the opposite yeah yeah Yeah.
1: and it's kind of yeah i think that's um you know what he says as well he says like when when you make these changes in your life when you speak your mind when you articulate your truth when you don't accept certain levels of behavior that don't agree with you internally like expect people not to like it Mm. like I guess I, I've, noticed, I've noticed that in subtle ways. I mean, be, I'm hesitant to kind of um, give full examples, but there's certainly areas in my life that when I talk to people about it, uh, you can kind of see people like shrivel mm-hmm. up a little bit. And it's, it happens to me too, when someone tells me about something they're like doing really, really well in and I'm kind of like, I wish I was a bit like that and I wish I was doing more. Like, it's, there, There's a part of you that where you kind of feel like it reflects on you a bit Uh, oh yeah it highlights your it can highlight your inadequacies or where you're falling short i think that's the kind of friends he's talking about like not having around like you you want friends who uh who encourage that positivity and push you rather than seeing your negativity as a threat yeah Uh, sorry your 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 positivity as a threat to them Sorry. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really like that point you put in there. The reverse of that is, and, and recognizing that in yourself, you know, if someone is doing, uh, has done something impressive and growth promoting and good, and you feel a little bit jealous and bitter, <laughs> that might be worth <laughs> just raising some awareness to, because it's easy to be the, the guy who's trying to persuade us friend who's trying to quit drinking to have another drink you know because it's it's threatening yeah. to when people mm-hmm. are succeeding in ways that you know you're not living your full potential in
1: yeah <laughs> it's a funny example like 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 running a marathon and then seeing people doing like the ultra marathon so you're like running the same race but then they're doing like an extra like 15k on top of you. <laughs> it's like fuck off <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's why I'll bring a funny example. Um Mm. yeah, I think that's that's a little bit built into like the um a bit of like British culture. You you, you kinda compare that to like the American culture of um I suppose, you know, generalizing here a lot, but like I you know always heard this example when I was younger that, you know, if someone drives past you in a Bentley in England, you cover oh what a wanker Mm. or like a really fast car, whatever the hell I don't know much about cars, but then like in America or other countries it's like oh that person's done really well for themselves Mm. like Mm. they're succeeding they push themselves they've like earned that whereas Mm. like i feel like in england because of the class culture a little bit um there's kind of this expectation that like succeeding is kind of uh mocking your your class
2: Mm. like Mm. you can
1: be be a you can be a class traitor or like in having nice things or doing well you kind of you think you're better than everyone else.
0: Yeah. Oh um, god. Yeah, kind of, yeah.
1: Yeah. And p- people don't don't like that. You know. I, I definitely feel like whenever I've gone, I'm not using necessarily myself as an example of someone who's done like like the best stuff. But I know for sure, like when I go back into like a pub in a small town from where we're from, and someone asks like how Australia is, like yeah, I, I better downplay it as, as not to kind of like isolate or people <laughs> feel like kind of yeah i am I'm, kind of, I'm cautious i don't want to feel like i'm the center of uh, attention on this example but like i suppose it's uh um p- people don't like hearing it i think mm. a bit and people it's kind of seen as like arrogant to kind of express yourself and talk yourself up from the, mm. from the culture i believe that we grew up mm. yeah
0: so how much is it worth you telling your truth?
1: <laughs> well, I think, uh, <laughs> I guess, you know, even thinking about, you know, like doing that over years and years, just yeah. like, just downplaying absolutely everything. Like I'm yeah. sure that's got a cost on my, uh, uh, on some, some self-belief somewhere along the line. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's a really good example to uh, re- reflect on as well. Like yeah. why, why are we sh- why are we shy to talk about the good things? But we're, we're worried. Yeah. So we yeah. People around us. know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's the other side of the. Yeah, there's so many dimensions to it. There's like people pulling you down. There's your temptation to pull others down. There's your temptation to hide your growth from others, so not as to p- implicitly put them down. It's
1: <laughs> and you don't don't look like you're one-upping anybody. Yeah, you
0: know? but on the you other hand, like being one yeah, you kind of need that uh, when when you do something you're proud of, you need that. Celebration as well, though, don't you? It's, I, can, I can certainly relate, relate to sort of making things smaller than they actually truly feel to me.
1: Um, yeah, because things pass by, right? You know, it's not long yeah. until you want the next goal, right? So it's kind of, as you said, like worth in those moments, like celebrating those things. And I think uh, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot recently. I kind of don't celebrate milestones as much as I'd like. Um, I've just passed by and it's on to the next thing, mm. um, <laughs> you know? But uh, maybe that's just a tendency. I suppose part of it is uh, that there's a, there's a humor to it as well, downplaying things. Mm. There's like a level of sarcasm and underplaying stuff that's quite funny, like saying a serious thing in a deadpan way. Um, yeah. Translates across <laughs> probably one too many domains, I'd say. Well, it's yeah. like a
0: line between <laughs> humility on the one hand, isn't it? And, and sort of, well, perhaps um, low self worth. On the other end of the spectrum, and it's like there's a, there's a line somewhere where you're not just being humble anymore you're <laughs> like you're getting some sort of payoff for downplaying this in a way you might not yeah. want to look at and then, and then obviously yeah. there's the other end of the spectrum where people who sort of gloat and are arrogant and perhaps even uh, exaggerate um, things to sound like they're more proud of them than they actually are and so yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. i um I guess uh one final thing I think would be I just want to mention was that uh, I think uh there's some links between like the body language book winning body language and oh, yeah. um st- stand up tall with your shoulders back
0: That's yeah right? straight yeah, yeah, yeah
1: straight yeah so I, I guess like that made me think a lot about kind of uh, like opening yourself up and just kind of presenting yourself truth playing. whatever you yeah know? Yeah. Like, I, yeah yeah i I thought there's a few a few um comparisons throughout that you know like when we talk to people like we if we're uh I suppose at the top of a dark dominance hierarchy, or we're like making good impressions, we're often standing quite tall, we're standing quite straight, our posture's a lot better. Um, other people's reactions to us are more positive if we're mm. kind of uh, you know, standing a bit more open, talking a lot clearly, like we're not like shriveling up and hiding away, like he makes the uh, analogy. or,
0: well, Yeah, no, it's analogy, a really good comparison.
1: Like, yeah, you know, like we stand up tall and, you know, our uh, spinal spinal cords won't shrink either, <laughs> if, we're, if we're able to kind of match people and get, get the yeah. strokes we need by presenting ourselves to the world in an authentic way where we we back ourselves and uh yeah
2: <laughs> um, truth,
0: um yeah, yeah i thought of you yesterday have you ever watched house
2: no no
0: so um so he's it's a tv show he's a doctor and he he just been off for like eight weeks because he, he'd been shot <laughs> and uh, yeah. he'd come back to the office and like one of his coworkers was trying to like ask him how he was and ask him about the leads of the person who shot him and all that and he just like it, you know it was like she expected this you know, eight to sixteen stroke back and forth, and it's like, oh, how yeah. are you?" And he just completely shut it down and just opened what the next case was. He's like, "I'm not." he was like, "So uh, we've we've got a, a patient, thirty four year old male, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, reminded me of of um, what we talked about in transactional analysis." Yeah, about, yeah,
1: yeah. That's funny. That's a great example. I like that it's being shot. It's like the ultimate. <laughs> example, like, if you're going to talk about something, it's that. <sighs> all right, mate. Well, I think, uh, yeah, it's getting uh, getting a little late for me in Australia, so I think uh, I think we did that justice. I'm, uh, I'm I'm feeling quite proud of how much we fit into that. I was kind of concerned with them to split that into a 12 part series, but I think we've, we've done it no, right. It's, the, it's uh, good. I think twenty. Yeah, I
0: think what we were perhaps able to add in our own minds as we were doing it is, um, you know, rather than just rehashing the rules which might have been a waste of everyone's time is is like finding all the network of links between them all and how they relate to our lives and how they link to other books we've read i think that's where the magic happened
1: yeah and i um it's nice to you know this is um well might be a mistake in podcast 21 or 22 and we've been giving this a crack since lockdown began it's kind of the last one for the year and uh i think it was nice to kind of i feel like we must have reflected on like Probably like I don't know eight to ten different books that we've read, possibly um, like looking at links between them. So for me, it feels like quite a a nice way to wrap up the year and um, probably mm. carrying carrying some of these lessons and uh, some of the advice um, into my end of year reflections, mm. new year kind of um, potential goal setting, intention setting. It's a good thing to have like fresh in my mind and kind of integrated through this conversation to carry into those uh, into those projects that I'll no doubt. Mm. Um, dig deeper deep into in the new year so uh overall like a uh, a nice way to tie up the year and of a pretty pretty value. i cannot believe we've done 22 like that's mm. ridiculous
2: <laughs> yeah yeah,
0: yeah. A good
1: job yeah,
0: well, look, yeah. i mean they're, they're not all books and there was one you know two parter, and but there's basically you know there's about 17 18 books we've yeah. we've read <laughs> and that's that's uh, so it's cool to have that marker and, and not actually not just read, but um, because there are plenty of books I've read that you could ask me about, and I'd be like, I don't remember it, mate. Whereas, like, <laughs> having to think about it for this and then us talking about it on top, it's like these 12 rules will be far more ingrained in me now than they would have been had I just read this book for myself.
2: Um, yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the joy we get from this. So, all right, well, um, i guess this is probably us until the new year so unless yeah, we yeah. well we, we. we talked about <laughs> yeah.
0: uh doing a win and loot discuss win and loot discuss 2020
1: <laughs> nice i like that i like the so, that we'll, so we'll find we'll, time.
0: we'll find like a new year's episode where we we just reflect on all the stuff we've learned since we started yeah. the podcast this year and all the, yeah. our big takeaways
1: uh and we can uh put in some outtakes yeah. I'm joking no. No. And there'll be a picture of me and Luke appearing up on the screen now <laughs> <laughs> a graphic of and Luke discuss, Will and Luke discuss. <laughs> uh, awesome mate. Absolutely uh loving doing these with you and um yeah. Great great year to uh get stuck into something like this mm. learning a lot. So yeah, chat to you mate. all the best. Cheers, mate.
2: Good See night. you.
1: Bye.